When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Coming up on 5-Minute News. Russia puts nuclear forces on high alert as Ukraine tensions rise. Europe and Canada close airspace to all Russian planes. And major flooding hits Australia's east coast as climate change rages. It's Monday, February 28. I'm Anthony Davis. Russia's President Vladimir Putin has dramatically escalated east-west tensions by ordering Russian nuclear forces to high alert on Sunday, while Ukraine's embattled leader agreed to talks with Moscow as Putin's troops and tanks drove deeper into the country, closing in around the capital. Citing aggressive statements by NATO and tough financial sanctions, Putin issued a directive to increase the readiness of Russia's nuclear weapons, raising fears that the invasion of Ukraine could lead to nuclear war, whether by design or mistake. The Russian leader is potentially putting in play forces that, if there's a miscalculation, could make things much, much more dangerous, said a senior U.S. defense official. Putin's directive came as Russian forces encountered strong resistance from Ukraine defenders. Despite Russian advances across the country, U.S. officials say they believe the invasion has been more difficult and slower than the Kremlin envisioned, though that could change as Moscow adapts. Amid the mounting tensions, Western nations said they would tighten sanctions and buy and deliver weapons for Ukraine, including Stinger missiles for shooting down helicopters and other aircraft. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's office, meanwhile, announced plans for a meeting with the Russian delegation at an unspecified location on the Belarusian border. Meanwhile, the ruble plunged nearly 30% to an all-time low versus the US dollar today as markets opened for trading on the first day after Western nations announced punishing economic sanctions on Russia for its invasion. Meanwhile, Ukraine's health ministry said on Sunday that 352 civilians, including 14 children, had been killed since the beginning of the invasion on Ukraine. European nations and Canada moved on Sunday to shut their airspace to Russian aircraft, an unprecedented step aimed at pressuring President Vladimir Putin to end the war on Ukraine. Aeroflot said it would cancel all flights to European destinations after EU foreign policy chief Josep Borrell said the European Union had decided to close its airspace to Russian traffic. The ban on Russian jets comes as the airline industry continues to grapple with the fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic that is still undermining global demand for travel. Germany, Spain and France joined Britain, the Nordics and Baltic states in declaring bans on Russian use of their airspace, a major escalation in a tactic by mostly NATO allies to wage economic war against Putin in retaliation for the invasion. 
The West, led by the United States, also unveiled sweeping new financial sanctions on Russia. Without access to Russia's airways, experts say carriers will have to divert flights south, while also avoiding areas of tension in the Middle East. The closure of European airspace to Russian airlines and vice versa had immediate impacts on global aviation. Air France said it was temporarily suspending flights to and from China, Korea and Japan while it studied flight plan options to avoid Russian airspace. Finnair said it would cancel flights to Russia, Japan, South Korea and China through March 6 as it avoided Russian airspace, though flights to Singapore, Thailand and India would continue with an added hour of flight time. Australia's third most populous city, Brisbane, was in parts underwater today after heavy rain brought record flooding to some east coast areas and killed seven people. The flooding in Brisbane and its surrounds is the worst since 2011, when the city of 2.6 million people was inundated by what was described as a once-in-a-century event. A 59-year-old man drowned in Brisbane's north on Sunday afternoon after he tried to cross a flooded creek on foot and was pinned against a fence, Queensland State Police said today. Queensland Emergency Services warned life-threatening flash flooding was occurring south of Brisbane in parts of the Gold Coast city. Residents were advised to shelter where they were unless it was unsafe to do so. Access to many areas was cut in multiple places, according to Queensland Fire and Emergency Services. Emergency crews made more than 100 swift water rescues after receiving 8,000 calls for help in Brisbane since mid-afternoon on Sunday. All seven flood deaths have been in Queensland State, of which Brisbane is the capital. The waters were forecast to peak less than 20 inches below the 14-foot 3-inch flood level reached in 2011. Brisbane Lord Mayor Adrian Schrinner said the floods are very different to 2011 because the rain pummeled the region for five days. In 2011, the rain had stopped days before the Brisbane River peaked and authorities had warned for several days of flooding downstream. South of the Queensland border, the New South Wales town of Lismore was bracing for its worst flooding on record as climate change continues to wreak havoc across the globe. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery 
and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.